Hey folks, I'm Tom. And I'm Vince. Welcome to Friday Night Beers, a show where two guys who know too much about pop culture and not enough about beer try some beers and explain them in a way that you may understand. But that you probably won't, and it'll only make sense to us. Either way, we hope you'll be entertained. Folks, we are so excited to have you back for Season 2 of Friday Night Beers! We had to beg the networks, but we're back. We we got the money, we got the talent, now we need to execute. We'll see if we do. And we'll see if uh, some random characters come out of the blue to really spice things up, huh? You never know. <laughs> maybe, maybe Tom's got an evil twin. Oh, yeah! And he might look just like me. Well, yeah, that's what twin implies. <laughs> <laughs> what would a what would a bottle episode of our show look like? Since we already are literally in a bottle most weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be honest, I I laughed, but I don't know what a bottle episode is. Yeah, I'll I'll explain it to you another time. But uh, we're glad to have you back. Uh, we're kicking things off this season with a Chicago beer staple one of the great ones i would say a craft beer staple a new like a new age there's old money there's new money this is new money right and it's called beezer from the fine folks at old irving brewing beezer yeah baby let me tell you a little bit about this and i'll i'll pass the rock to you vince this is an ipa we know you love those Oh, yeah. Um, 6.9%. The description, Citra and Mosaic double dry hop. So, really hoppy. Oh, yeah. This actually, uh, this is so renowned. It won the 2019 Great American Beer Festival Award for Best Hazy IPA. Gold medal. Can you imagine that? I can. I can. Uh, so, just a little little history. If you're an eagle-eared or what, what's, a, what's an animal with sharp hearing? Oh, a condor. A condor. If you're a condor-eared, I, I don't think that's, that's accurate. But, you know, <laughs> I just wanted to say it. The con- if you're a California condor-eared <laughs> listener, you've heard Beezer before in a previous episode, specifically the Fistmas, where we reference Le Bees, Le Jus, and Beezer. Right. Now, these are two of the kind of, we're talking old money, new money, that sort of setup, sort of like tech versus uh, natural resource wealth. Yeah. These are kind of the tech guys. These are the new kids on the block that are winning all kinds of awards, and they're very popular, particularly in the Chicago and Illinois area where they have good distribution. Both are Chicago-based breweries, and I think uh, I've been to Old Irving. I loved it. Yeah. But I there's a lot of history to it that I didn't really know. Yeah. So um, if you are lucky enough to go to this place, which is in the the north side of the Chicago uh, city, there's actually a quote uh, from the legend of Sleepy Hollow written by the, the late great Washington Irving that says, uh, they who drink beer will think beer. Now, Vince, I don't know if you knew this, but Washington Irving actually wrote Rip Van Winkle. I did know that. Yes. I actually did know that. Now, can you imagine falling asleep for 20 years? That's what Rip that Van Winkle did. That sounds great. That sounds great. And he came back and he was all upset about it. He Spoiler was. Alert. He missed the whole American Revolution. Which it seems like a good time to miss. Like, there's all kinds of lead well, balls you'd have, flying you'd have around. you have a lot of questions. Yeah. He, that, let's just say that guy had a lot of flagging, if you know what I mean. That's, I don't. That's I don't. what they used to call beer back then. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good call. There you go. Um, but, uh, you know, a few other things about the location itself. Um, they have TVs there, but I wouldn't say it's a sports bar. Um, the owners were actually contemplating getting a projector out to host movie nights. 
And they say that the place feels a bit like Hogwarts from the Harry Potter films. So that's interesting. I, I having been in there, I don't know yeah. if I agree, but that's more because I picture Hogwarts as a castle and the Great Hall, and it's um, it's it's not yeah. big enough for that. Right. But um, pretty interesting stuff about how it started. It actually was originally supposed to be called Crooked Fork Brewing Company. And oh. one of the things about this, Tom, Old Irving, is they have great food. And that's one of the one of the things that they wanted to do right off the front. So it started off as kind of a an idea from the late Homaro Cantu. And this guy is just a culinary genius by all accounts. Uh, he he started with Moto, which is a Michelin star restaurant in Chicago, and he even started to introduce what's called what are called miracle berries, which are berries found in Africa that, if added, will take something that tastes sour and make it taste sweet. That does seem like a miracle. So pretty cool. Unfortunately, uh, he died before he could see the opening of this, and that's part of the reason that it's changed from Crooked Fork Brewing. One of the partners, uh, Trevor Rose Hamblin, is actually, he is like a longtime employee, friend, confidant of uh, Cantu. What ended up happening is he interned over at Moto, and then on his last day of the internship, they were out, and they were playing pool, and he had a couple of drinks with him, and he, and he said, if I beat you in pool, you got to hire me full time. And he beat him in pool. Wow. Cantu f- hired him, not fired him, hired him, and... They just kind of grew up all the way through there. So after after the unfortunate passing of Cantu, they got together. They obviously, you know, discussed with Cantu's family and got their blessing and decided that they were going to continue with the with the project, yeah. right? Sort of, kind of paying tribute a leg- to his legacy. And they got another great chef in there whose name is Matthias, and I think it's Murgis. But you never know. And he's got restaurants like You Show, A10, and a cocktail bar, Billy Sunday. So there's also there's <laughs> yeah. a there's a financial backing from a, a guy named Jeff Lineman and, and a few others. But overall, it's it's a, kind of a project that excites you because a lot of these small breweries they start and they don't necessarily have a ton of backing. And this one's well funded, and it kind of comes through because they've. They opened in, I think, 2017, but this idea has been going since 2013, 2014, and it obviously was delayed because they had to figure out what to do. It's really gotten itself together quickly, and I think that's cool to see, especially especially given the, the funding level and all that. Very helpful. Very cool stuff. I'm uh, I'm frothing at the mouth to try this. Are you? Uh, yeah, I love IPAs. I love mosaic IPAs. No, I know your friend, as you say, is oh. a slut for IPAs. Dylan, we're Dylan, not, we're not slut shaming you, Dylan. He's he's not a slut for IPAs. He's a slut for mo- mosaic, mosaic hops. hops. Yes. I said mohaic. Yeah, but uh, I say we give this a crack and let's see what happens. Cheers. Oh yeah, season two. Oh, you're just going right for it. I've had it before. I love it. It's great. It's hazy. Ooh, yeah, that is that's pretty damn good. I know the smell. The smell for those of you who don't know, it's if you've smelled a hazy IPA. Yeah. Well, I've learned a lot about hazy IPAs uh, over the course of the past year, and I have learned that I love them. That's all you need to learn, right? 
All right, so what's interesting to me about Old Irving is that it was delayed for good reason, but it was delayed. And it got me thinking about things that were delayed that you were very excited for that and it's kind of in two categories eventually came out and lived up to the hype like old irving did yeah or did not live up to the hype okay i got one for both right away okay so recent delay that i didn't care for is the movie dune oh i didn't know that was delayed have you seen dune no i haven't read the book either so Dune was supposed to come out in October of 2020. They delayed it an entire year because they didn't want to release it during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, ironically, to make more money at the box office. But then, fast forward a year, they simultaneously released it on HBO Max and in the theater. So, they sort of kind of hedged their bets with, with the money part of it. I love Denny Villeneuve. Arrival is one of my favorite movies ever. Um, I think that he is just a, a, a truly like a visionary genius. He's the guy that did uh, the new Blade Runner too. Right? That's right. So I was excited to see it. I had I've never read the books, which I think was part of my uh, frustration with the beginning of the film. It's incredibly dense. <laughs> they just throw a lot of plot and jargon at you that I didn't really get. I just I didn't love the movie and a lot of people that I've talked to are like shocked because I'm a huge science fiction guy. I love a lot of the actors in it. Shout out to the the god Jason Momoa. That oh. guy is a fucking legend. Oh, love what, him. What about Timmy Cha Cha? Oh, I got a whole thing about him that I I don't want to uncork <laughs> right now. But that's one that was delayed that I didn't care for. On the flip side, Avengers Endgame. I didn't realize that was delayed. That was, well, I think it, for me it was delayed gratification. Got it, got it, because you knew it was coming. I knew they they filmed them simultaneously. They made us wait a whole year on the, literally like the biggest cliffhanger in recent cinema history. And I was just like incensed. Like I could not, I, w- I couldn't stop thinking about it for months. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I, once I did see it, um, I just fell in love with it. And I've, I've probably watched it 30 times Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What about so, you? Well, interesting there. I've I've got some some thoughts on Dune there, but also for me, uh, the one that I haven't seen yet, but but that came to my mind immediately was Free Guy. Movie wise, oh. that's one that they were tr- they've been trying to get out since like 2018. You love Ryan Reynolds. I love Ryan Reynolds. So there's no way I won't like this movie. Yeah. It's also got Lil Rel in it. What's his last name? Oh, uh, Laurel Harris. Yeah, Laurel Harris, stand-up guy. He's yeah. fantastic. Right. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know who the female lead is. But. I believe it's Jodie Comer who was in a movie I recently saw called The Last Duel. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the very last, different was that, movie, dude. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's very different than what I was expecting. Yeah, I just, yeah. I'm gonna watch it and I'm probably gonna enjoy it, but I'm yeah. gonna enjoy it through like clenched teeth because. Uh, we don't have to put Matt Damon in like a period piece from it's the Middle Ages, right? Yeah, like a Camelot type stuff. It's based That's, on a true story. It's the same the same concept for me as yeah. as putting Tom Cruise in the Last Samurai. Like enough. Let me tell you something. If you want to see a blonde goatee boating uh, Ben Affleck having a great time. <laughs> this is the movie for you. Wow. I, I didn't know, but that's all, all I've been looking for all right. these years is a blonde goatee toting Ben Affleck. So yes. I, I think that's one that will live up to get in there. Yeah. Uh, for me, I guess a, a delayed one that, that didn't live up is not actually a movie, 
But growing up, are you familiar with Cedar Point? Yeah. Okay. The, mo- the movie or the park? The park. There's a movie. There's called a movie Cedar called Point. Cedar Point as well with John C. Riley. No, yeah. that's Cedar Rapids. Oh, you're right. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do a pretty convincing Omar from the HBO program The Wire. <laughs> Not a good movie, by the way. But... Oh, I loved it. All right, so talking about the theme park. In, so it, yeah. Okay, so theme parks are all regional. Yeah. So if you're in Chicago or the suburbs, you're the Six Flags yeah. guy. Like, you know Six Flags. If you're Michigan, Ohio, maybe like east side of Indiana, yeah. whatever it is, you love cedar point that's where you went and cedar point for a long time laid claim to all kinds of records for the fastest and tallest coasters and the one that kept getting delayed was the top thrill dragster which was at the time it was created it's literally just a straight up and a straight down and it was the tallest and fastest roller coaster in the world problem was it was so tall that it literally needed a perfect amount of speed and it gets to the point where it like barely crests the top and a lot of times it comes back down backwards oh no and so there's always always some kind of issue with it but before those issues showed up they were working through those the the problems trying to fix them they never did clearly and so it just kept getting delayed and delayed and we were like when is the top thrill dragster gonna come in and then when you got there it's literally a 35 second ride you wait three hours for that. So it took me a long time to get on it. I got on it, and I'm like, that wasn't that cool. For my money, the Millennium Force is much better. Yeah, I, I'll just come right out and say I'm not a big roller coaster guy. I'm a, I'm afraid of heights, um, which is why I never did Raging Bull at Six Flags, which is their tallest, and I believe it's their fastest ride as well. I would say roller coasters are probably... The epitome of delayed and brief gratification for most things because oh, yeah, the line, line is always massive. so long, and then you get on the ride and it's over in like under two minutes. Well, so I, I'll say this: I'll never forget the first time we went to Cedar Point. Like, yeah. For, prior to that, and this is big time roller coasters. Prior to that, we'd been to Disney, and that's it. So like yeah. Space Mountain, which once you go to Cedar Point or Six Flags, right. you'll never look at Space Mountain the same again. It's nothing. Yeah. It's for little kids. But my dad took us to the Mantis, which no longer exists. But the Mantis is a stand-up roller coaster. So basically you have this bike seat, and it's built for people who are generally pretty tall, you know, who are normal right. size. So now if I were to go, it actually, like, I would have to sit down and squat a little bit to get there. But when I went initially, I was, like, 10 or 11 years old, so barely making the cut. And as a male i have certain sensitive areas that just got absolutely squashed by that and we're getting up there and my dad says if you don't like this you're not gonna like roller coasters i'm like well i can think of a million reasons why i would not like this but still maybe like roller coasters where i wasn't ending your grandchildren before i even knew what sex was Well, on that note, I say we try these beers out of the glass. For those who are new to our show, this is something we do every episode. We drink the beers first out of a can, and then we see if there's a difference between trying it out of a glass, pour it into it. Yeah, and we found some interesting stuff for that. Yeah. For the most part, a lot of the beers that we do don't necessarily have a different taste. Um, But there are some, and I've been finding a lot of the more aromatic ones, I'm preferring out of the can. For hazies, you're gonna see right right away. It lives up to the name. 
You can't see through this. You can't see through it. There's no clarity. Jimi Hendrix would approve of this. It yeah, purple haze. <laughs> nice. Let me give a let me give a little sip here. Yeah, this this doesn't uh, seem much different to me. It's I it's the exact same taste wise, yeah. but for some reason the experience of drinking this out of the glass is just so much better for me. I feel more like I'm in a bar. This is one we've talked about. Yeah. You you I think maybe it was Fistmas. You talked about how there was it would be better out of a tap. And this feels like the same, but it doesn't necessarily have to be out of the tap. You just got to drink it out of a glass. Yeah. Um, this is going to be an interesting comparison, but do you have actors that when you see them outside of like their preferred or your preferred style that it like kind of throws you off in like an off-putting way? Maybe. Well, let me give you let me give you an example. So, I'm trying to think real quick. I I started watching this show on Apple TV called The Shrink Next Door. Okay, I have a lot to say about this. Okay, have you seen this? Yes. Okay. So where I'm going with this is you've got Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell, and at first you're like, "Fuck yeah, these oh, the boys amazing. are back. Let's go. Let these two master chefs just cook like it's Benihana." Dude, isn't that incredible that the boys are back, but they've never done like a a duo piece no they it's just anchorman right? and paul rudd was like the king of doing duo pieces for a while exactly and then he got all hot right and will ferrell very famously has been in multiple duo okay pieces. this is gonna be great because i do have i do have but, thoughts so here's the thing if you're expecting to see these guys just yucking it up and cracking jokes i got some bad news for you that's not what this show is at all in fact it is Pretty much, like, all char- all the charisma has been sucked up by Paul Rudd's character, which is based on a real-life story about a therapist who begins to manipulate this guy's entire life to the point where he's, like, basically using his money for his own means. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's based on a podcast, too. So I, yeah. maybe they'll do a Friday Night Beers Apple TV right. show. We don't know. Right, well, the podcast is based on, like, this true story yeah so um, it, right. it's an interesting true story and you can read about it right. all over here's what i found interesting is you know paul rudd's good first of all they're doing new york accents and paul rudd kind of leans into it but will ferrell's is just not good and also they're supposed to be playing jewish people and will ferrell is just not jewish I mean, there's just no way around it. yeah which whatever i mean it is what it is on right. that front but one of the things i've noticed is like will ferrell is very very good at playing these downtrodden put upon people I, you think about like this is a great example of it right and then stranger um, than fiction stranger than fiction like the kind of people that things happen to instead of happen for the other guys is another good example the other guys is a great one right. um there's one more uh, but the difference is in this film or in this show there's no comedic value to what they're doing like they clearly try to like create funny stuff for those two guys to do together, but it just it's just not a comedy. I also like I think Paul Rudd is engaging as hell in it. Oh, it is. He's he's, he's so good. He's so good. It makes it uncomfortable for me to watch because he's so slimy. He is like his sliminess is packaged in like such a sweet way. And we've talked about right. this before. Like Paul Rudd's the <laughs> ultimate good guy. Right. And he's playing like this guy who's like a real piece of shit. But it's just like, it's not what we expect from Paul Rudd. We want Paul Rudd to be like 
the nice, friendly, wisecracking guy. We want Will Ferrell to be the bombastic man-child. And in this show, like the roles are like almost reversed entirely. A and little it's, bit. And it's not a comedy, so like I just like I have a hard time like figuring out how to digest it, if that makes sense. No, I, I agree. Do you do you have a hard time figuring out how to digest Beezer? No, I'm not the way the reason I, I brought this up is because I've had a lot of hazy IPAs and this is very much like what I was expecting, but I'm just trying to think like I'm trying to reverse engineer like other hazy IPAs I've had yeah. and think yeah. about it differently because I feel like a lot of times in our show we like, well, what does this remind you of? And like you try to find the direct corollary. I'm almost doing does. the opposite of like, well, how did we get to like you talked about the background of this beer a little bit yeah. and the brewery being sort of like, you know, coming up very quickly and in unexpected ways like. I just didn't expect these two guys to like finally sign up for a project together and then have it be something like this. Got it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, although maybe I'm just full of shit. Who knows? No, no. <laughs> we're all, aren't we all a little right. bit? No, I I agree with you. I think I think for me this is this is a a new take on an old favorite, which is fascinating because yeah. two years ago before we started this, hazy IPA was a hazy IPA. But I I don't know about you, but I'm figuring out i'm able to taste the differences now a little bit right and we've had a lot of great ones like we've tried a bunch i so. love lejeune yeah i've had it before alarmist was was great goofy boots was incredible Goofy boots was fantastic and i can taste the difference here yeah i think kind of this is where your play on the shrink next door works for me a little bit is like i kind of dig it like I, I can see the difference i see everything paul rudd's doing there and i see and I, I because i looked up and i know the general true story of it yeah i can see and especially i think third episode is when he starts to turn it on a little bit right because first couple episodes he's just regular paul rudd great guy looking to help somebody out he's slow playing it for sure but do, and, and that's that's paul rudd paul rudd slow plays everything yeah. my god how long did he slow play in clueless for <laughs> You could argue for too long. I mean, exactly was the friend in the friend zone for a while. And then Will Ferrell, you have your expectations of it, and then he comes on and he plays this truly pathetic character. Yeah. But you start to think about it, and you're like, he does this, and he does it. He's doing it very well outside of the accent. The accent's atrocious, but he yeah. does it very, very well, and he's done it very well for a number of years. It's this. It's either or, and so I think. The idea for me of, you know, coming in and thinking, well, you know, a Will Ferrell movie is a Will Ferrell movie. A Will Ferrell show and a a Paul Rudd characters, these characters are going to be the same as what we're used to. And then it's a little bit different. There's that nuance. And I'm experiencing that with Beezer. Yes. Like, yeah, we know what we know what we think of. We know what a hazy IPA IPA is. But they've done it. They've done a different twist on it which is original yeah, it's like a it. little yeah it's yeah. just and it's so subtle too it's so subtle right. it's to, for me i'll go even farther and deeper it's paul rudd's performance thus far from what i've seen in the shrink next door yeah. that's what this beer is to me it's it, it has all of the hallmarks of a typical paul rudd performance there's just a little nuance that makes it better right and he's just been named uh, the sexiest man alive, so I would say things are going pretty well for him. Yeah, I, comedy guys get named sexiest man alive. Krasinski, do you remember apparently when like every other 
issue of Men's Health was Krasinski <laughs> working out. You know what? I don't think uh, <laughs> I don't think Corky Romano, or the actor that plays Corky Romano, is going to be named Sexiest Man Alive anytime soon. I don't think so. Chris Catan. That's it. <laughs> there we go, folks. Right um, at the Roxbury, another yeah. Will Ferrell property. Vince, uh, where are you uh, going to rank this one? I'm ranking it pretty high, Tom. I'll be 100% honest. And for all the reasons I've talked about, as far as The Shrink Next Door remains to be seen, what I'm going to rank that. Yeah. But thus far, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I, I'm watching that with a more critical eye, which I think is what we're going to do here in season two. We're going to be drinking these beers with a little more critical I eye. I think so. And I promise I won't try to steal your life's fortunes from you. Well, if you do, I deserved it. I'm going to give this beer a 4.5 out of 5 Toms. Wow. I really like it. It's, um, you know, I would have a hard time, like, if I could only choose one of the hazies we've done. But we don't have to do that. They're all their own thing. and They're I'm, all I've, available. I've really liked this one. So great job by Old Irving Brewing. Yep. And I'm ready to go. I, I, I'm ready to let it hang on the upper ledge of 4.5. If you ask me tomorrow, maybe it's a 4.75. Yeah. But I don't think it's ever going lower than 4.5. Right. If they ever want me to give them my uh, Washington Irving rap song that I wrote in college, at live wa- at the brewery. You wrote a Washington Irving rap song? I yes. I thought it was a George Washington rap oh, song. Oh, I wrote one for George Washington as well. Are you just hot for Washingtons? I, I, look out Washington football team because you're, you're next. <laughs> they need it after this yeah. season, the season yeah, it they was, just had. Um, yeah, it was called American Literature Forever. But, uh, but I digress. This has been a lot of fun, Vince. I've enjoyed yeah. chatting with you. And please stick around for season two. We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up down the pipe. And remember, a more critical eye, potentially. We'll yes. see. We'll see. Or <laughs> we don't know what to expect. But uh, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on Apple, Spotify, Instagram, every platform we're on. Leave us a review on Apple. We would love to read it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'd love to read it. Yeah. Be creative. Get a little wild with it. Go nuts. Throw some inside jokes. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's certainly plenty on there already. <laughs> but until next time, I'm Tom. I'm Vince. This has been Friday Night Beers, where we have clear eyes, full cans, must booze. We'll see you later. <laughs>